Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into a New Testament passage from the book of Romans. Clayton, you want to tell us what we're looking at? Yeah, so we are in Romans chapter 10, and we're, we're pretty deep into the book of Romans, which has a lot going on. But one of the main things that has been discussed all throughout the book is the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. So for most of the history of God's people, God had worked with the nation of Israel, but then with the coming of Jesus, he threw the doors wide open, making it uh, much simpler for people from all nations, all backgrounds, in other words, Gentiles, to come into relationship with him. And so now the people of God, as Paul is traveling around and the apostles are uh, traveling around, is made up of Jewish believers and Gentile believers. And so Paul has been kind of, you know, getting at all of these different theological thing, things, but knowing that he's addressing a church in Rome that has both Jewish believers and Gentile believers, and they're saying, well, how do we relate to each other? Because we're culturally different. Uh, there are theological questions about what do we do about the people of Israel and all the law and all sorts of things. So he's been addressing those. He finally gets to the big question, though, uh, when it comes to, to the, the Jews in particular. So for chapters 9 through 11 of the book of Romans, Paul is wrestling with the question, but why don't many Jews believe? So there are, there are lots of Jewish believers, but the majority of Jews, and Paul is a Jew, did not believe in Jesus when he first arrived. And so he is, he is feeling anguish about the fact that his fellow Jews, who had been prepared for the Messiah to come with all of Scripture and all of this stuff, when he actually arrived, most of them didn't recognize him. And Paul is going from town to town to synagogue to synagogue and getting rejected by the very people who should be most ready to receive Jesus. And so this is part of that conversation. So there's a lot going on, but he begins right away with some, some of that, that anguish here. So uh, Eric, why don't you read in uh, chapter 10? Before I read, the C and comma method could also stand for commercial. <laughs> so here's a commercial. What happens in three episodes, Nikki? Uh, it's our one-year anniversary. That's right. One year of the Bible Savvy Podcast coming up in just three episodes. And hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, learning from this podcast, appreciating this podcast, or you've just stumbled upon it and you're ambivalent about this podcast, I have a favor to ask of you. Would you subscribe to this podcast and would you leave a review for this podcast? When you do one of or both of those things, it makes this podcast much easier to find on podcast platforms for lots of people. So maybe even right now, before I start reading Romans chapter 10, you could hit pause, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a review. I'm not reading yet. Because I don't believe that a lot of the listeners actually hit pause. <laughs> You're giving them and time. And subscribed and left a review. All right. So I'm going to trust that you're now back. You've hit pause. You subscribed. Hold on. I think there's one more person. That's okay. I'll wait for that guy. Anymore. That guy is always the slowest. I know. Why does it have to be a guy, Nikki? Was... It's a sexist statement. Sorry. I'm personally offended. Jeez. Romans chapter 10. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes." 
Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or, Who will descend into the deep? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. All right. The O and comma is for observation. So what do we see in this passage? So the one thing that I saw in verse 9 is if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's so simple. Um, it's, it's just so simple compared to the complexity of what the Jewish faith was, right? So all of the regulations and uh, the difference between the curses and the blessings, and we talked about that in a past episode. Um, those things were just so complex, all the rules, all that stuff, but just to declare with your mouth and to believe in your heart, it's just so simple. One of my observations is that I do not understand verses 5, 6, 7, 5, 6, and 7. Um, having yeah. just, just read it at face value, it's very confusing to me. I don't fully understand the argument being made, as opposed to the argument that is made a little bit further down, which is, how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can someone tell them unless they are sent, right? That makes total sense to mm -hmm. me. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the previous argument was a little bit more confusing, opaque, obscure to me. I've always been confused by that. Yeah, so we, we can, we can, I can offer a little bit of an explanation, but before I do that, here, here's the thing. You're, you're not always going to be able to figure out all, all the things that are going on. It's actually a really good thing to acknowledge that when you're reading the Bible, which is a big, complex book, there, it, it is okay if in a given reading there are things that you say, I'm not sure what to do with that. And you, you focus on the start with the things that you can figure out, and then hopefully that will help you illuminate the other things. But one of the things that you'll find is that over time, it's the reading and the rereading and the kind of going through it different things will start to make more sense and click together. Um, in this case, the, the trickiness is that these are Old Testament quotes. So uh, one of the things that clues you into that is that there are probably either little numbers or letters, uh, depending on what uh, version of the Bible you've got, that point you to a footnote that will tell you uh, where those quotes are from. So uh, those particular quotes are from Leviticus and Deuteronomy, uh, actually one of the Deuteronomy passages we're reading this week. And the, 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 the basic idea is this, I won't get into the nitty gritty, but the one first quote 
is saying, look, if you want to follow the law, you've got to do all these things in order to live. Like there's, there, there, if you want to establish your righteousness, that's what kind of at the beginning of the chapter, the, the Jews wanted to say, we're going to do, do it the way that we were told to do it in the Old Testament. We're going to do all the things. And if you want to do that, you got to do it all. Okay, so that's, that's like one path you can take. The next one is when Moses is talking about, hey, look, you don't have to go to all these great lengths, go up to heaven, go down to the depths and find what God wants you to do. It's right there with you. It's, it's, the, it's the word that's on your mouth. And Paul is saying, guess what the message we got right now? It's right here. You don't have to go search for it, find, find it, work for it. It, it. Here's the message that we just got from Jesus. Believe, you know? And so there, there is a contrast there. Now, there's a bunch of details. You don't need to worry about that. But I think that's the, the, the root of the, the argument there. In the first few verses where it says his prayer is that the Israelites would be saved. And then he says, I can testify that they're zealous. So they're sincere. There's some energy behind the religious activity, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. And then it goes on to say, since they did not know the righteousness of God. So there's something they did not know. And so it caused them to do something that Paul's going to argue is the wrong way to go about it, right? Which is they tried to establish their own kind of righteousness. And somehow... That's the, that's the wrong way to go about it, and it reminds me of the phrase, you can be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong. It's not just energy or zeal or enthusiasm that necessarily defines a right course of action. Uh, the one passage that I, you had mentioned a little bit ago, 14 and 15, that argument about how can they call on the one they have not heard uh, did not believed in if they hadn't heard. And I, I remember this passage, a little story, like the first time I ever saw that passage, I was a kid and I was in like a Christian bookstore and I saw like, did you ever see it? It was like on a little baby footprint. It was like a keychain. What's a Christian bookstore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself, right? But you, it was on a little did footprint. You go to, you're the youngest of the three of us. It's, did did you go to the Christian bookstore after you were in the phone booth? In the phone, the phone booth. With your, with your Walkman? Oh. <laughs> I thought we were talking about things that don't exist anymore. No. no. So, I rode my pterodactyl to the Christian bookstore. <laughs> I love pterodactyls. It's my favorite dinosaur. Um, I, I bought a keychain for my mom for her birthday with that passage on it in the shape of a footprint. And that was the second passage that I ever memorized uh, when I was a kid. The first one was John 3.16. But that was the second passage that I memorized. And so for me, that was one that I had always remembered when I was a kid, like, oh, I, I knew I was always supposed to talk to people about Jesus. And so I remember I had a, a, a good friend uh, back in the day. Uh, his name was Josh. And uh, I remember like, I'd want to do Bible studies with him all the time. And my mom would be like, you got to be careful because like, you don't know a lot about the Bible. You know, I was like 10, 11, you know, I'm like, well, we're going to do Bible studies. Mom. We're gonna... And she'd be like, oh, okay, okay. Um, and she and I would and I would bring this up to her, like, no, I'm I'm doing the right thing. I'm supposed to talk to people about Jesus. Like, how can Josh believe if he doesn't hear? Um, but she would. I, it always goes back to like that keychain, and then me having that to be that second memory verse that I, that verse I ever memorized, and that's me trying to convert Josh. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, a repeating word, two repeating words actually that go together, um, in, especially in this middle paragraph where it talks about the word Lord. And the word saved. So we talked about uh, saying Jesus is Lord, calling the name of the Lord. 
um, and then the, the, the word, you, you will be saved, you will be saved, and so on. And I, I think that those are two ideas that we often pit against each other, that we say, well, you know, I, I want Jesus to save me, but I don't want him to be in charge, you know? Like, I don't want him to be my Lord. And uh, the two go together. It, when you surrender to Christ, you are both saying, I can't save myself, so I need you to save me. And you're also saying, I can't rule myself, so I need you to be in charge. And there is a kind of letting go. So when, when it talks about calling on the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, it's that, that motion of saying, all right, God, I'm in your hands. And it's really interesting when you, if you get familiar with the stories in the Old Testament, when, uh, when people would like cry out to a king, they both wanted them to be in charge, but also to come and deliver them from their enemies. And so there's that, that ruling and saving uh, go together, and it, it's right here in, in this passage too. Yeah, one more observation that is not profound in any way, shape, or form, but verse 17, (laughs) consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, uh, which is the name of the organization that we work with to translate the Bible into languages for people all over the world. Faith comes by hearing. That's the whole point. How can they believe in the one of whom they have never heard? And so uh, we've got an initiative going on right now. I, how many? Do you guys know how many languages have been translated so far? The last time we got an update, it was seven. Oh, I think so, it's more than that. So we raised enough money in a year-end gift here at Christ Community Church to translate the Bible into 27 languages. Do I have that right? 27 languages, people groups around the world that do not currently have the message of Jesus Christ, the, the scriptures in their own language, and it is currently being translated and delivered to these people groups around the globe, and I, I can't remember the last update how many we, we have accomplished so far, but that was, my, that was my observation. It just reminded me of Faith Comes by Hearing and the initiative that is still underway through, through Christ Community Church. I've got one more observation here, and it's kind of a subtle one. So you notice that we've got a bunch of these Old Testament quotes, and uh, when you see that, it's obviously helpful a lot of times to go back and look them up. Uh, But one thing you'll notice is very often uh, the writers of the New Testament will take a quote about God and apply it to Jesus. Now, to us who, you know, if you're in a Christian church, it's not a surprise that we think Jesus is God. But in the first century, for, for Jewish believers to do this, it was very, very startling. So the very last one, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a quote from the book of Joel. And when it says the Lord there, that is the name of God. Okay, so that is that is not, uh, you know, uh, we, we, trans, we have it in there as Lord, but in the Hebrew, it's the name of God. And so they're saying, if you call on Jesus, you are calling on God, and you will be saved. Um, I, I bring this up because sometimes people will read the New Testament and say, well, where did Jesus claim to be God? Or did they really think he was God? Uh, I got in a conversation with a guy at our church um, not too long ago who was saying, you know, I just don't see it. Can you show it to me? And one of the most pervasive ways, it happens in almost every book of the Bible, is when they quote the Old Testament about God and apply it directly to Jesus. No Jew would do that unless they truly believe this was God who had come in the flesh. All right, let's go to the M, which stands for meditation. So I'm going to give us 45 seconds, and we're going to focus in on that passage that Nikki talked about, how she memorized uh, in verse 14 and 15. And I want us to—I'm going to read this out loud, and I want you to grab onto uh, a phrase or an idea in there uh, and ponder it for 45 seconds here. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent?
All right, let's talk about the M that stands for message. What message did you get out of this passage? Can I tell a story about a donut for my message? Oh, please. Okay. Well, as many of you know, the two of you in the room with me know this, I was on staff at Christ Community for six or seven years, and then I went away to Cincinnati, and I was pastoring at a church called Vineyard Cincinnati for five years, and now I'm back at Christ Community. And Vineyard Cincinnati did a lot of work and is known for servant evangelism, meeting the practical needs of people in the community to demonstrate the love of God. And so there's always all of these really cool initiatives going on. And one of the cool initiatives is called the Donut Outreach. Oh, I believe in this. And so it's Christmas Eve. Every Christmas Eve, you come to the Christmas Eve service, and on your way out, you grab a box of donuts that the church provides. So thousands and thousands of boxes of donuts. So the whole church on Christmas Eve smelled like Krispy Kreme. Ooh. It was pretty this remarkable. All right, so you take a box of donuts, and the, and the challenge was on your way home, stop by somewhere, a police station, a fire station, a convenience store, somewhere where somebody is working on Christmas Eve, and just give them the box of donuts as an expression of God's love. Just say, God loves you. I want to give these to you. Right? That's awesome. Right? And so... I was preaching this text at Vineyard Cincinnati. And so I tell this story that uh, my family has a tradition every Christmas Eve of we, we dre- we're dressed up for Christmas Eve service, but then we go to a fast food restaurant for dinner. So one year we're at a Burger King and we have our box of donuts and we put the box of donuts on the counter and then the most magical thing happened. All of the Burger King employees come to the counter where the box of donuts is and a little donut hand pushes the lid of the donut box up and a little the little donut jumps out of the donut box and with his little donut hands waves his fingers beckoning the Burger King employees to come towards the donut box and then the donut explained to all of the Burger King employees who Jesus is and what he accomplished for them on the cross and all of the Burger King employees came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. That That's, is such a creepy I image. So, I was so confused when he started telling that story. <laughs> now imagine when I'm preaching this sermon to thousands of people at Vineyard Cincinnati, right? Uh. And so, so the point is, the donut outreach is great. It's a wonderful way to tell people God loves you. But at some point, somebody has to open their mouth and use words to explain to another human being who Jesus is and what he accomplished for them on the cross so that they have a chance to hear and believe so that they might be saved. So my message is, you gots to open your mouth sometimes <laughs> and not just to eat a donut. <laughs> yeah, my my message was that people have to be told the good news. Um just this, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. When you, when you hear something that's good, you have to go and tell it. Um, sometimes, you know, what is that like? There, there's that thing like, oh, you know, I, I, I share the gospel with my actions, and sometimes I use words, or like there's some, you know. Um, you, you can do that. You can, you, can, you can do nice thing, and you, you can be kind, and you can serve people, but at the end of the day, you have to tell people about Jesus. Yeah, the same same thing. I, I'm a, a little uh, emphasis I'll put on it. Um, that that part where it says, "How beautiful are the feet who bring good news." There's something really good and beautiful about it. I think um, you know we, we we didn't talk a ton about Paul's passion up in the at the beginning, uh, but there's that heart that says, "I want to see people come to know Jesus." He's 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 in tears over them, 
And the the time when it actually comes together and someone shares the good news and someone's heart opens up and they believe is breathtakingly beautiful. It is one of the most amazing, amazing things. And sometimes we forget that. When we think, i got to open my mouth, we think it's just going to be awkward, or it's going to be uncomfortable or whatever. What should be in the forefront of our mind is how beautiful it is that this person has a chance to hear about Jesus and potentially have their eternity changed because of that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Do you think it's a stretch to say that there is always uh, spiritual warfare or pushback in the spiritual realm whenever you are going to share with words the good news? The reason I ask it is this. It seems like there is an irrational or illogical amount of fear or pressure or reticence to share about Jesus with people that doesn't feel to me that it's just human apprehension. What do you, what do you guys think about that? It's hard. I'm nervous to talk to anybody. So unless if I'm not preaching, I'm like I, I I'm a little nervous. Um. So so I'm like well, I don't talk to to strangers at all. But th- there's definitely something weirder and more. Like I can be in a conversation with a friend that I know and trust, and 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 feel like I don't want to I don't want to go there. And it doesn't, it doesn't always make sense because it's not like people don't know what I believe. It's not like we don't have, we can't talk about other things. Uh, but in that moment, it feels like, oh, it's going to, it's going to be awful. And there, so I, I, I definitely think there's some pushback. Yeah, I would agree. The, the one thing that comes to my mind though is, um, like when I was a kid, right? Like going back to that story with, with my friend, Josh, I was a kid, like I, I didn't have fear. Like I, for some reason I was just like, I'm, I'm just going to talk to him about this because God told me I'm supposed to talk to him about this, so I'm just going to do this. So there's a, there was this simplicity to my faith that I just talked to people about Jesus. I didn't do it all the time, but he was he was my friend and he was somebody I cared about. So obviously when you care about somebody, you're going to tell them something that changes your life, right? So I did that. But as you get older, I can talk to a lot of people about just about anything, but when it comes up to Jesus, what happens to me is I start to ask questions like, oh, well... I mean, do I have enough, like, you know, relational equity with this person? Are they going to receive what I say the right way? Um, how, maybe I might say it wrong, or maybe that's not a conversation for now. Like, it's just all of these things start to bubble up in me, and the simplicity, that simple faith just goes out the window. Yeah, so the question I'm asking is, do you? how much of that would you attribute to the work of the enemy who does not want people to hear the good news of Jesus because he wants them to remain in sin and death and death for all eternity? Oh, it, yeah, a, a ton of it. Because um, here's, here's, here's the evidence for me. On the way to saying that, it feels like, I'm never going to be able to do this. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then when, it, when I do actually say it, on the other side, it's like, that was the best thing ever. Like it, yeah. it's never as scary as I thought. It it never goes as poorly as I imagine. And and very often, incredible things happen. A good conversation comes out of that. Even the very worst conversations tend to be the sort of thing that lead to something else good in the long run. So I know that the like resistance on the front end does not match the risk on the back end, which means it's probably coming from the the evil one. Okay, I'm glad I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about A, application. What do we do about this? How are you going to put it into practice? Uh, I, I, I go back to verse 14 and 15, and I just want to be able, like I said, to have uh, more of that like simple faith of just, uh, of just sharing, you know what I mean? Uh, sharing the good news and, and telling people what I know about Jesus. Um, and... I think back to like when I memorized that passage when I was a kid, 
um, it would always just pop into my mind like randomly. And, and I probably contribute that to just this reminder of like God prompting me when I was a kid. And I, I guess I just, maybe I need to go back and, and, and put it back in my memory, you know? I'm going to get in the way back machine. Because Nikki got in the Back way in back the machine. Yeah. yeah. Nikki was riding her pterodactyl to the Christian bookstore. <laughs> That's right. Now I want to This is a Christ Community Church way back machine. Uh, do you guys remember the three open prayer? This is a Christ community. Is this, yeah. a, is this a throwback? Is yes. this something yeah. that we've talked That's about? The open prayer. Okay. So the three open prayer is God, give me an open door, so an opportunity to share the gospel and give the person I'm talking to an open heart to receive the message and open my mouth so that I might actually speak. So you're asking for an open door and opportunity, an open heart on the person you're for the person you're talking to and that you would open your mouth and share the words of the message. I think that's a really it's a that. really uh, yeah. good way to pray. I used to pray, pray that every day. I used to pray that every day back in the day when you're talking about that. Some things in the wayback machine need to stay in the wayback machine. Other things Need to resurface every yeah, once in a while. Maybe the maybe good. maybe the three open prayer is uh, something all of our listeners could could employ over the next week. So that's my application. Uh, my application is to uh, assume that I've been sent. You know, how, how can someone preach unless they're sent? And um, and I often go through my life just like there are times when I'm on assignment and times when I'm just on my own time. Right? And and uh, I was walking around my neighborhood the other day, and I I there was a guy who was sitting. Um, at, you know, kind of just sitting in his garage. And um, th- this guy always has interesting flags from different countries up in front of his house. And I've always been curious, like, why does he pick which countries and whatever? They rotate? Yeah, they're different. So this was the first time I walked by and he had an American flag, but he always has different flags. And I thought, well, maybe he's a, a, a you know, a soccer fan. So it's like, they, these are, they all sometimes have two up there. I'm like, maybe they're playing each other at different countries or I don't know what it is. So um, I walked by the house and I realized he was there. And in my mind, I thought, you should go talk to him. And I walked like half a block past. And I kept thinking, you should go talk to him. You should go ask him. Go talk to him. And so like I got you know around the corner another block away. And it just kept going. So I was like, hang on a second. I'm not just on my walk today. I'm on assignment. And so I... I took enough time to make it seem like I was coming back from my walk. So I wasn't just a weirdo who turned around in like 30 seconds. But uh, but I... I came back and I asked him about the flags. I asked him about his life and we started a conversation and it didn't go all the way to, you know, the, the gospel presentation, but we talked about some church things and kind of got to, you know, a little bit more depth. And if I had just said, oh, whatever, I, like that wouldn't have happened. But if the fact that I had this moment of realizing I'm on assignment, there could be an opportunity here. You're going to find the opportunities. We act like they aren't there sometimes because we're not looking for them. We're not assuming that they're going to come. So uh, that's, that's my application. How beautiful are the feet? Ah, Those who bring yes. good news. All right. Well, that was a great conversation. Uh, Clayton, you wanted to say something before I close this up. Yeah. So I've got a Bible savvy workshop coming up in September. So we are going to be starting uh, the book of Joshua in the Old Testament once we're done with Deuteronomy here. And that's a book that sometimes is challenging. There's some things that are are uh, difficult, and getting a little bit of an orientation to that would be good. So on September 23rd, I'm going to be uh, teaching that workshop. You can register for that uh, at biblesavvy.com, and uh, it'll really help you as we get into that book this fall. Is it a streamed event? It's or just be streamed person. as well. That's All right, right. in person and online. Nice. You know what else you can get at biblesavvy.com, guys? What? 
the, the Bible reading schedule if they're not reading along. So you can go there and get the Bible reading schedule too, and you can sign up for Clayton's class. In but the wait, there's more. And you can also subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening yeah, on. Yeah, that's important. That subscribe is important. and leave a review. Some of you ignored us earlier in the episode and did not press pause and subscribe and leave a review. That's true. I'll be done in like two seconds, and you can actually go do that as soon as I get done. And then in the meantime, you can also email us your questions and suggestions at podcast.biblesavvy.com. And if you're on Twitter, you can look us up there for additional Bible Savvy insights. Lastly, get off Twitter. Tell your friends, and we'll it's talk to you next you. week. It's bad for you. <laughs>